0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit Freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: TMJ here tonight. Gonna start out tonight with a a shocking story. I mean, not shocking as in like grotesque or anything like that, but uh shocking as in I I was surprised when I found this out, according to Uh, gentleman who we've talked about a few times here on the program in the past press nh now his real name is mark and he is a uh, first amendment auditor as they call it and this is this is sort of like the new term for uh, somebody that does cop blocking or cop watching but he takes it to a different level because first amendment auditors will target uh, any government bureaucracy it doesn't necessarily have to be the police it's just the police tend to get called a lot on people like uh, press nh now uh, because they are exercising their rights and these days uh, exercising one's rights gets the police called on you and so of course once they get their claws into you uh, as we've learned here over the years on free talk live they like to keep coming back for more even though you know mark is a Press NH now, he's a he's a hard target. He's somebody who knows his rights. He's willing to stand up for his rights. He's willing to uh, be arrested for over his rights and your rights as well, because when he's doing these things, and he's not the only one, there are, I don't know, hundreds of these activists all across the United States, it seems like it. There's certainly dozens of them, maybe over a hundred of them. I don't know if anybody's ever like tried to catalog how many of the First Amendment auditors uh, exist out there but they do really good work i wish we had another dozen of them uh here in new hampshire but press nh now is one of the uh one of the big ones out there as far as i can tell he's certainly uh very consistent he's out there all the time doing stuff and recently he encountered the hillsborough new hampshire police which like a lot of small town cops are notoriously corrupt. And he encountered them uh, back in August. He and his girlfriend were driving through Hillsborough for some reason or another. Uh, you kind of have to drive through it if you're on Route Nine here in New Hampshire. Fairly common uh, state road here out in the southwestern New Hampshire. And anyway, uh, I, I don't know where they were. Maybe they were in in town or whatever. But some uh, Hillsborough cop ran their plates and or ran their plate called it into dispatch because that's what cops do, you know, like, oh, they give you the, give dispatch the plate number, they look it up, and uh, dispatch came back with the claim that there was a restraining order against Mark, and they believed that the person for whom the restraining order was originally written, and, and what I mean by that is the person who originally requested the restraining order, his girlfriend was in the car with him at the time. Now, rather than research the restraining order and confirm that it was actually in place, the police just pulled him over. and there's uh, video footage of this from both Mark Press NH now and from the police body cams. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, specifically is the body cam footage. So the footage uh, is out there now on the Press NH Now channel. It's also been posted to a blog over at freekeen.com. It's the top story there right now. And in this footage, uh, the police officer from hillsboro I think there's two officers involved. I don't know if the second one showed up later. I think he did. But a uh, an officer pulls him over on the say-so of dispatch, dispatch claiming that this uh, restraining order was still in place. And the officer proceeds to investigate because he has to determine whether or not the tattooed woman in the passenger seat is indeed the person who had gotten the restraining order against press nh now and he is ultimately able to determine that it is one in the same person he uh, has uh, press arrested for v- allegedly violating this restraining order at first now both of the both uh, press nh now and his girlfriend are telling the officer in the video that he's mistaken that dispatch is wrong this restraining order has been removed That the restraining order is no longer in place and it was removed all the way back in January. And they say, look, just just check your records and you will see that this is done. Okay, so you can go and do this and then let us go, because obviously she has no problem being with me. She's in the front seat of my car. She's telling you that you can you can just go away. Okay. so you don't. I mean, it would be one thing if she was being kidnapped by him or something like that, but no, she's telling the officer the same thing he is. She's saying, "You can just go ahead and research this and see that there's no restraining order. So why don't you do that?" And he just doesn't do it.
0: We talked about abolishing DCYF at the uh, with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance uh, summit I I went to. We talked right. about. Um, you know, uh, requiring the social workers to have oaths of office, requiring Which them. Which they that, don't. Yep, they don't have any oath to a constitution.
1: Not uh, that that really helps very much. I mean, look at what the police do. They have an oath to the constitution. Some and They violate do. it all the time.
0: Some of them do. I don't think the state police have an oath to the constitution in New Hampshire because uh, Really? I talked to a guy a few days ago and he said he did a public records request for an oath of office with a state trooper and they said it, that they didn't have it on file.
1: Well, the next time that anybody's got a state trooper on, uh, you know, the stand at a, you know, some sort of criminal trial, you could ask him that question. Yes. Uh,
0: in fact, we need to ask that of judges. Judge, mm-hmm. uh, do you have an oath of office? And uh, if his answer is yes, and then what needs to happen, I accept your oath and I bond you to it. Uh, what does that you know, mean? Well, it, it means that you, you accept his oath and that you and, and, and you. And, and you actually bind him to it, you know, which is basically all you're doing is saying that you're going to hold him to his oath. Mm-hmm. You know, there isn't much that you can do to hold him to their oath other than utter the words. Right. You know, because they um,
1: are the ones who would have to do something about it right. to but themselves.
0: It, but it puts, it puts it on notice. Mm-hmm. And what would be a better thing is if you could get a, a certified copy of their oath of office and then file it actually into the court. Say, I have evidence here hmm. uh, of an oath and, 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 and I'm going to bind you to your oath. Uh, just some, you know, some stuff I've been researching that you can do yeah. to have some fun with it. sounds with these like
1: guys. courtroom magic words to me and I would love to see somebody actually try this to see what happens when you do these things.
0: Well, we'll be going to uh Superior Court with my wife's uh thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, next couple of uh they have a date that's right smack dab in the middle of uh, you know, a time we're going to be out of town, so we motion for a continuance that's on gonna this. going to be what,
1: October something?
0: Yeah, I think they did a date for October 12th. Okay. We uh we put in a motion to continue. In. Well, as we get closer to that, we should talk
1: more about it. I don't want to go too far away from this particular story because there's the most outrageous part is still to come. Let's get into it. I've just been telling you about what happened on the side of the road, and as bad as that is, that's not too uncommon. Normally, the police are behaving badly. Normally, they're going to abuse your rights, and that's just pretty typical. If you're a First Amendment auditor or a cop block activist or any kind of police accountability activist, this sounds like a pretty standard story police abusing their power and arresting somebody for some nonsense reason that's pretty pretty common but it's what came next that was the real shock and so as i was explaining press nh now is his name uh, His real name's mark he's got this youtube channel it's press nh now you can go and check it out it's worth a watch uh, but this video that he posted just some number of days ago uh in regards to the footage of him getting pulled over and harassed and then ultimately arrested for a uh restraining order that didn't exist oh they actually just pulled him over to, to try yeah. to uh, arrest him for a restraining order they pulled him over <laughs> because dispatch told them that a restraining order was in place the oh, restraining so now there's order... a
0: conspiracy between uh, several of these guys to infringe upon his rights but
1: the but the restraining order was not in place and in fact had been out of place it had been gone since january and this was happening in august and rather than research the claims that these two were making that uh press nh now and his girlfriend both in the car together uh were saying look this is not in place just look into it and you'll find out that's the truth cop just wanted to arrest him and what was the restraining order for apparently as i understand it uh there was some sort of an incident that he and his girlfriend had late last year and he put his hand on her car door or something, and that was unwelcome, I guess. There was no violence. It was a nonviolent thing. Same but, girlfriend? Yeah, but they had an issue, and okay. she she unfortunately pulled a restraining order against him. And then they they sorted things out. I don't know if they you know went to a couple's therapy or whatever. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but they sorted things out. And now they're back together, and they're happily living together here in Keene.
0: Yeah, there was a girl who uh, wanted to rent uh, a room off me a few years ago. And uh, I knew she had gotten a restraining order against somebody. Mm-hmm. And that, Bad that, sign. That was my read. No, I don't want yeah. you at my place. Only want you no anywhere doubt. around.
1: But you know, he forgave her or whatever. Sure. She forgave him or whatever it was. And and they're back together. So they're driving around together as a couple would do. And so the fact that they were together and that this girl, uh, the girlfriend, wasn't upset about it, right? Like she's telling the cop, "Look, this restraining order is not in place. I, please don't arrest my boyfriend." <laughs> Tim is in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with the N
2: so uh, here in Florida, we have something similar to resisting detention. And it's called, uh, you're probably, well, I don't know. You might be familiar with this. I know you used to live in Florida. Yeah. It's called resisting a law enforcement officer. Mm-hmm. And and that is that is actually, pe- you know, people on the street, they'll be like, oh, I got arrested for resisting arrest. But it's actually not resisting arrest. It's resisting a law enforcement officer. And what that means is that um, somehow, uh, and it can even be verbal, although there has been a federal uh, precedent which uh, says they, they, they really shouldn't be able to do this. And, and my attorney did try to fight it. Um, but anyway, the, uh, the situation w- with me was in 2017, I got wasted. I had a heated verbal outburst at my female roommate. Uh, you know, absolutely, I was in the wrong. Hmm. The police were called. Uh, You know, there was no physical altercation at all. And after some verbal back and forth with the police officer, he basically slammed me against the hood of his car, cuffed me. I asked him what I was being arrested for. He told me for resisting arrest. (laughs) And perceiving that, like he actually used that term resisting arrest, which Mm -hmm. is incorrect. But perceiving that, you know, I've been really mouthy with him. Telling him that I don't recognize the law of the land, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So he—he he basically, I was just talking over him, and he, he got sick of it. He, you know, I was giving him a headache, kind of like the the, the, the band director that got tased. I was mm-hmm. just giving the guy a headache, and so he slammed me against the car, took me in. And uh, on my court date, uh, Nicole, I so I I shouldn't even say her name, but anyway, the the, the roommate, mm-hmm. <clears throat> she didn't show up to the summons because she mm-hmm. wasn't even interested. She just wanted me out of there. she She don't want it. She don't want me to get in trouble. But uh, you know, so Florida, she was
1: the witness against you, and she right. didn't want to pursue this. Is what you're saying?
2: Right. She mm-hmm. she had no interest in in punishing me, and she just wanted me out. Okay. And I get it. And uh, basically, though, as you probably know in Florida, uh, you know, once they know about a crime. I'm um, not sure if this would be criminal or civil, but, but basically once they know of a crime, they continue to prosecute it. Um, mm-hmm. And if that's not relevant, basically the judge was like, you know, yeah, you're, you know, the, the attorney was like, yeah, you don't have a crime against him. He was trying to get the whole thing dismissed. Mm-hmm. And um, the judge was like, well, he was totally intoxicated, which means I could force him into a drug court. Uh, but if you don't want that, then agree to this restraining order. And so like we had a quick aside and we agreed to it. and then after the after it was all done, I the attorney was like, "Oh, that was totally that was totally bullcrap. Uh, he, he didn't have the right to do that restraining order. It was totally illegal. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me that? before.
1: <laughs> was this a public defender? No, you paid for this attorney.
2: Not a lot. I mean don't
1: oh, get me man. wrong. I didn't pay him a lot. attorneys uh, are
2: enemies just understand
0: that They, they can't even protect your rights they don't even try they just want a plea bargain they want the easy way out of it in fact their their allegiance is basically to the same you know, entity that the allegiance of the judges and, you know, if the attorney, the attorney had worked for a state or a county or a city at any time, they're going to collect from the same pension fund as a judge. And -hmm. I'll tell you a little something about domestic, uh, uh, domestic law, family law, well, I guess domestic stuff comes under like family law, sort of Uh, any of these transactions that happen, any of these charges that come about the restraining orders the child support, the you know, to putting a kid, putting you in drug court, putting a kid in a detention center, all comes with uh, money from the federal government, and a percentage of this money goes right into what's called the judicial pension fund. Percent- percentage of this money goes to like DCYF. A percentage of this money goes to like the victim witness advocate, and and all the state employees are trained. And this is pr- for what I'm finding out is blanket across all the, all the states. All the state employees are educated on how to maximize revenue for whichever particular entity they work for. Even the school teachers are. Uh, and, and so a lot of these uh, liberal arts colleges, these you know, uh, universities have like a maximize. So here in New Hampshire, it's um, maximizing revenue for DCYF, Granite State University. A family member mm. of mine who was actually a uh, a psychiatrist and worked in the public school system told me the same exact thing that she took a college course when she was in college uh, on how basically to maximize revenue for the like, I don't know if it was the um, teacher's union or Department of Education, something mm. like that. And what they are all taught is that uh, your pension depends on a few things, more people coming in. To work mm-hmm. for the state because the pensions are all Ponzi scheme, and also your pension depends very much on federal money.
1: So he received the body cam footage. He then used that body cam footage to cut together his video, which is currently online over at his web, uh, his YouTube channel called Press NH Now. Now, whether it will continue to be online as of the next few days is another question because all of a sudden this week he received a letter or not even a letter, it was a motion to the court filed in Hillsborough District Court this week by the prosecutor, and I have a copy of it here uh, that he sent, and it's per, it's posted on the article at freekeen.com, where, according to the prosecutor, citing a New Hampshire RSA, which is the term for the statutes here, revised statutes annotated, 105D colon 2, in this RSA, there are a set of rules that it, at the beginning of the RSA, it says are for law enforcement. And it's,
0: right, they only apply to law enforcement. They only apply to state uh, characters, state entities, legal entities. That's legal what you fictions. would think. Okay. It does not say that it applies to a living, breathing man or woman.
1: Well, that's true. Uh, and now we're getting into the more of the esoteric side, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about that, Jay. But just by their own regulations there's a bunch of rules as far as how police officers are supposed to use these body cameras they're called body worn cameras or bwcs is the uh the terminology here that they use to describe them and according to this according to the the threat by this prosecutor he's asking the judge in this case to issue a protective order against mark press nh now for sharing the video that was provided to him in discovery. And that video is currently on his channel. According to this RSA, in section or part 12 of the RSA, it says this, except as authorized in this section, no person, including without limitation officers and their supervisors, shall edit, alter, erase, delete, duplicate, copy, subject to automated analysis or analytics of any kind, including but not limited to facial recognition technology, share, display, or otherwise distribute in any manner, BWC, body-worn camera, recordings, or portions thereof. So how does a legislature define person? That's an excellent question. I don't see it in this immediate statute. We'd have to go back to another, maybe some other definitions to look at that. But they believe it applies to Mark AKA Press NH Now, and that's why they're demanding that a judge issue an order against him. They want the judge to issue, uh, they want him to have a hearing, which is going to happen apparently on Monday in Hillsborough District Court at 11 a.m. Uh, so if you happen to be in New England and you want to stand up for uh, free speech and the free press, you might want to attend this event. Uh, it's going to be at Hillsborough District Court. They want the defendant to be ordered to remove the video from his YouTube channel and all other media platforms which by the way this video has been up for a few days so there's more than one other channel that has already downloaded his video and has uploaded that video to their channels and in fact one of them is a hostile person somebody who doesn't like press nh now who's using the video so you know like with the internet the cat is out of the bag so to speak then now they're going to try to use force and the threat of violence To uh, get the cat to go back in the bag and get the video removed. They want to order the defendant to not publish any Hillsborough Police Department owned video on any electronic media forum in the future and other relief as so-called justice may require. So this is an absolutely outrageous uh, demand here by these police, but it's based on what sounds like a pretty outrageous statute. As I said, at the beginning of Section 105D2, it says in the first sentence, this chapter shall apply to any law enforcement agency that elects to equip its law enforcement officers with body-worn cameras. So on one hand, it sounds like it's just intended for law enforcement as far as a set of rules that they are supposed to follow when it comes to using body-worn cameras. In some cases, it makes some sense, right? So if you were to say this only applies to law enforcement, then it makes sense that they shouldn't be editing the videos, right? Because there's a a prohibition here about editing the videos. It makes sense that they shouldn't erase, that they shouldn't delete, that they shouldn't, you know, do these things. They shouldn't alter the videos. That I understand. You certainly don't want police going in and cutting out the most important parts of a body-worn camera video. I get that. But why would they be, you know, prohibited from copying the videos? Why would they be prohibited from sharing or displaying the videos or any person? Why would any person be prohibited from doing those things? Obviously, there's those pesky constitutional, you know, amendments, the Bill of Rights. And I'm not even talking about the U.S. Bill of Rights. I'm talking about the New Hampshire uh, Bill of Rights, which is, in my opinion, better than the United States Bill of Rights in New Hampshire. We have that uh, Article 22 of the New Hampshire Bill of Rights, which says free speech and liberty of the press are essential to the security of freedom in a state. They ought, therefore, to be inviolably preserved. You pulled up a chapter of the New Hampshire Code or its statutes. And what would you find, Jay? So this is a
0: statutory construction manual for uh, New Hampshire, which they call RSA 21. So 21 Section 9 is person. The word person may extend and be applied to bodies, corporate and politic, as well as to individuals. Now, they don't give a definition of the term individual. The, the uh, you know, individual, that, that definition has definitely changed over the years. The Constitution, the individual Constitution talks about the pre-1864 is, you know, talking about like basically, you know, the people, men mm-hmm. and women, but when you get into like uh, IRS stuff, the in- individual is clearly discu- talking about a legal entity. Um, and same thing within the IRS definition of a person is a corporation, trust, association, or other legal entity. So, uh, and, and when statutory construction is used and they, and they group corporations and body politics uh, into a uh, term and then they use individual. Uh, best I can tell, they are not talking about living, breathing men and women. And this, you know, this, all, all, of this stuff that the legislature does, all of these rules that they pass, uh, I have yet to see any evidence And I've asked state legislatures. I've asked attorneys, I've asked prosecutors, I've asked cops on the stand. I've asked judges. I even did a right to no request years ago to the uh, attorney general uh, of New Hampshire, uh, the long time it was like 2014 or something. I did this right to know request, and uh, it, for the evidence that they rely on, that the New Hampshire RSA's their code mm-hmm. applies to me simply because I'm on this land they call New Hampshire.
1: Well, the cop at your trial said he didn't have any evidence, right? Because it. no evidence exists. I even asked. I couldn't uh, believe they let him answer the question. Well, it, like, it, I expected the prosecutor or the judge to step in and tell him he didn't have to answer it. Well, it was because the prosecutor's like. And prosecutor
0: says to says asked a cop uh, just before this, uh, if you watch the uh, the trial, my wife's uh, um, kangaroo court trial there, uh, right about at the two hour mark on the uh, Free Keen Odyssey, I believe it is channel. Uh, uh, the prosecutor just before this asks uh, says to the cop. Uh, Does the law of New Hampshire apply because you're in New Hampshire? And the cop says, yes. So I just asked him for the evidence. And he's, oh, I don't have any. Mm -hmm. Well, there is no evidence. Uh, And and a public records request or right to no request or Freedom of Information Act request is very simple. Even in the statutes here, uh, I'll I'll bring this up again. The statutory construction manual, it says, uh, so Title I, the state and its government, Chapter 21, statutory Construction. 21.1, 21.1, application. In the construction of all statutes, the following rules shall be observed. Unless such construction would be inconsistent with the manifest intent of the legislature or repugnant to the context of the same statute. It doesn't say that it applies to anyone. I mean, this is all of this rules, regulations, ordinances, legislative decree, whatever they are are simply for state-created entities, and this is why I believe all of these courts are essentially operating in uh, intellectual property, and I believe that, uh, and best I can tell, everybody is using intellectual property of the state if they're using the all-capital letters name and a date of birth. All of your correspondence with the cities, towns, all these permits, all these court paperwork all have a capital name, a capital letter, name, all caps. I've seen
1: it. I've seen times where that's not true.
0: Okay, but uh, that's fine. I have yet to see a document come from uh, the court recently or anywhere Mm -hmm. that has a name upper and lower case. And even if you do a little research on yourself, you go to the town hall and you ask for a certificate of live birth Mm -hmm. where you were Mm -hmm. born and you say, I want my certificate of live birth and they will produce a document that will show your name and uh, make sure it says Certificate of Live Birth. Okay. Uh, they will produce a document that says the name upper and lower case, so the first letter is uppercase and the rest is lowercase. Then you ask them for a birth certificate. And, the, and the way you get the birth certificate from the people at the town hall, uh, the clerk's office, if you just walk in there and say, I want my birth certificate for me, and they know it's you, you're saying that you want yours, they're going to give you the Certificate of Live Birth. If you walk in there and say, "Hey, I want my friend's birth certificate, or mm-hmm. my wife's birth certificate, or so and so's birth certificate," oh, it's not, it's not you. They're going to actually give you the birth certificate, not the certificate of live birth. And the have birth, you tried this? Yes. So, so I've actually gotten both of these. Mm-hmm. So the birth certificate has the name in all capital letters, hmm. and 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 it's on different paper. It's like a different format uh, than the certificate of live birth. The certificate of live birth will say state of whatever. Bureau of Vital Statistics certificate of live birth, mm-hmm. and um, so there's uh, there's there's but two what does that doc- actually
1: mean? I mean, uh, there's I've heard these theories for. Two decades now, where there's supposed to be this straw man, and the straw man is the all capital letters, and that's not really you. It's this legal fiction that the state has created in order to sell a bond on some mystical bond market in London, and then they're gonna that money somehow funds the government. And there's like this there's this wild conspiracy theory out there surrounding this. People have tried to use this theory in court by doing things like, I am not that man when they call yep. the name in court. I am not that man. Yeah, I've that said is... that before. I'm not that entity. Right, but they still um, put you in jail.
0: Uh, no, not right? me. No? No, I, the last time I was in court uh-huh. was in 2013. Yeah. And uh, they they called the name, and I said, I'm not that entity. That's a dead entity. It's a name on a piece of paper. Uh, I I don't have a date of birth. I'm not a Gregorian.
1: Most of the people who advocate these theories... They never actually have any real proof of it. They just have, like, general statements of, well, whenever you put this into place, if you do it right, then they'll just drop the charges against you. So that's why I don't have any proof of this, because they just dropped the charges. And maybe that's true, but at least here in New Hampshire, we do have the ability to put these things into a documentary form. We have the ability to get a video camera into a courtroom. Yeah, we can. You know, anybody can take court paperwork and put that online, and that would be one thing. But there's not even much of that nope. out there, from what I've seen. What, what happens
0: too with a lot of these guys? So there's a guy people should check out if you're interested in property tax stuff, and uh, if your internet search, Steve Emerson, uh, and he's got a bunch of things on YouTube. But uh, lately, Steve Emerson, Steve Emerson, he kind of went went dark for a while, mm-hmm. and I and I had phone conversations with this guy in 2003, 2002 few times so 20 years ago now and he was telling me a lot of stuff and he was working on some things and he was and, and in his older videos he told and, and things and he did a lot of these uh, talk shoes i don't know if you've been on a talk shoe it's like a conf- conference oh, i remember called. that
1: yeah
0: horrible audio but yeah, anyways terrible. um so he would talk about these things and now a lot of his content uh so he claims that he won a uh, lawsuit against the city of tampa mm-hmm. and got paid out nearly 38 million dollars Let's see the check. Uh, and, and everything's in a non-disclosure. So it's oh. like, so it's like I, you know, you can't um, e- even like... Dave, well, how's he
1: even claiming $38 Because usually they non-disclose that too. Nearly, he
0: says. Uh-huh. Uh, so I know another guy who he was bullhorning in front of the Federal Reserve in Denver. Mm-hmm. And they arrested him, the Federal Reserve police, and they roughed him up pretty good. And and uh, he goes, all I can say is I got more than 900000 but not quite a million. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's all he could say about it. And he basically couldn't talk about, you know, anything. Um, you know, it's
1: interesting. Uh, co-host on Free Talk Live, Chris Wade, was wrongfully arrested by the Manchester, New Hampshire police at a DUI checkpoint. He wasn't going through the checkpoint. He was there to record video on feet on foot. Uh, I witnessed the arrest. I've got video of, of his arrest. Anyway, he was wrongfully arrested. They never uh, convicted him of it. He, he countersued them, and they settled. And part of the settlement process... As usual, they wanted him to agree to a non-disclosure. He refused. And he got the check with the refusal. Oh, cool. So, so a lot of these people, they agree to these Right, they deals, just agree to them. And it's like, you don't have to agree to this. If you have a good case, you're going to win. That's why they're settling with you, right? Like, like they don't right. want to go to court when,
0: on this. Like, when, when DCYF, uh, you know, Child Protection Services was, you know, calling m- my wife and I trying to... You know, contract with us, offer us mm-hmm. their service. Uh, we 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 told them no, and one of the reasons we rejected their offer to contract with us is because I did an internet search of NHDCYF settlements, and it's the same thing. So there's like three hundred million dollars in settlements that the New York, that the New Hampshire taxpayers have essentially paid out in, in over mm-hmm. like the past de- in about the past decade. And for uh, abusing
1: kids and uh, things all like kinds that. of stuff, yeah. horrible
0: things. And actually, you better have a strong stomach if you're going to do that internet mm-hmm. search and start reading these articles of what happened to these, you know, young children. Uh, unspeakable things. Uh, anyways, uh, every single um, article referenced, uh, we contacted the uh, family or contacted the victims or the blah 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 mm-hmm. for a comment, and they responded with, "Well, we can't talk about it. We're under a NDO, right? Non disclosure order." So, so this is another way that they are keeping all of this stuff very quiet because, of course, uh, they they're very happy to just settle these things, mm-hmm. um, and because it just comes from the taxpayers. Yeah, it's, it's not you know, their it's, money. There's no skin off their back. Right. Nobody stays after school for detention. That works in the state over these things, and so it, that's why a lot of these people who are excess or who are success, successful and are getting paid, you know, millions and millions of dollars, mm-hmm. uh, not to talk. Uh, uh, you know, just just take the settlement because they're just exhausted, beat down. It's all they want anyways. Mike Gill is another example. He wouldn't take the $50 million settlement that the state of New Hampshire offered him because he has all of this, you know, evidence of corruption and brought it through because there was a non disclosure And he was quoted as saying, Good. no, I need to talk to people about this. It went to court and he was totally railroaded. Damn. And, uh, you know, he lost in court. Uh, wow. You know, this was a few years ago now. Uh, but yeah, he was offered fifty million dollars by the state of New Hampshire, and he he got the offer like an actual paper copy of it that he you know shows a, shows in mm-hmm. uh, like uh, any references and he talks about and I guess it's even a you know a document you can see somehow at state of nhstateofcorruption.com, I believe is the website. Um, but yeah, that's just an example there. They offered him fifty million for his for wow. his silence, and he refused to be silent.
1: Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. We go back to Dodger in Michigan. You're talking about possibly getting on a jury, Dodger. You are an advocate of jury nullification. And if the court, of course, finds out that you're an advocate of jury nullification, they are going to stop you uh, from getting on that jury because they don't want people that understand that you have a right to judge the law itself that you have a right to have an opinion about the law and have that affect your guilty or not guilty verdict so you gave the example of if this case and you don't know what it's going to be yet but if this case happens to be somebody convicted or or not convicted but somebody uh, accused of selling drugs which is a completely voluntary peaceful act you know as long as there's not like violence associated with it they're just selling drugs to people or whatever you could vo- you could vote not guilty as a juror, even if they got the guy got caught red-handed in the midst of a sale, even if they have you know all the evidence that shows he was selling drugs without a you know beyond a reasonable doubt, you can still say not guilty, and that's what jury nullification is.
2: Uh,
3: uh, yes, sir, and yeah. um, you know uh, <laughs> I obviously don't want them know <laughs> to know that, so it's probably not a very good idea for me to go on nationally syndicated radio and and mention that I actually got you know but I, I just never thought that it would happen to me in my life that like all of a sudden I'd get jury duty and then mm. it just happened to me this past week. Um I I, I also uh uh do uh, do want to reach out to uh uh Jay Noon and He's right uh, here. Jay uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, that That's part of the reason I, I'm calling is because uh, as somebody that's a tradesman, um, I really uh, understand and respect everything that you're trying to, to do. Uh, I mean, uh, there are women in, in the trades, but it is uh, vastly men, and I just kind of feel like there's been a demon. Masculation of men in recent uh, at least since I, i'm 40 uh on the money you know i'm 40 years old and i've just watched it happen growing up
0: yeah you like so, your grandpa was really tough like your grandpa right now if he's still alive is probably tougher you know or your dad anyways is probably tougher than my, you know most 20-year-olds today. <laughs> you
3: know? I, I, I don't have a living grandparent and uh, my dad unfortunately passed in 2020 but I can tell you that he lost his left arm and still did more work after he lost his left arm than a lot of people today can do with two good arms. And and you're, you're
0: exactly right. Uh, uh, mankind, men, uh, especially have been demascul- demasculated. Demasculated. Yeah however you say that. Uh, and I believe a lot of it has to do, especially with the people under 30, is that during their brain developmental years, they got, you know, the part of the brain that got excited was the addiction part of the brain by the internet devices. And it's going to get uh, actually a little worse, I think, before it gets better because, you know, high-speed internet, you know, 20 years ago only really worked in the cities. Now it works everywhere. And it's such a convenient pacifier and babysitter. And, uh I can tell you uh, when I do the uh, man camp uh, blacksmithing with the kids or do any inter- kind of farm work with the kids, we've got a whole homeschool co op. And um, there's a couple of kids that have come to the co op that, you know, I definitely have noticed they use internet devices. And I've said to the parents, oh, you, you let these kids use some internet devices, huh? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, that's really bad. You got to stop that. And and and, um, and and the kids that haven't been using any internet devices, I mean, one of the, uh, you know, fam- actually, Three or four of the families that often come to our homeschool co- co-op, their parents are like computer type, internet, you know, gurus, and that's what they do for work. And they are, they are like, you know, my kid's five; he's still not getting on the internet. My kid's seven; they're not using the internet. And uh, and these well. kids that aren't using the internet uh, are like really just thirsty and hungry to do like some man camp to man work they're they're they want to you know clean the pig pen they want to you know shovel some some grain or do whatever they just they want to drive the tractor they're very interested in this kind of stuff and it, and a lot of the kids that have you know earned, that gotten that free dopamine hit from the internet device that's really what they're interested in the internet device
1: let's go to press nh now his name uh, is mark we were talking about him in detail Earlier, where he has been charged with a total BS uh, charge for essentially not getting out of the car fast enough. Now they're threatening him over simply posting a video on his YouTube channel, which is Press NH Now, from police body cameras they're claiming that police body cam footage belongs to law enforcement that it is not supposed to be viewed uh viewed by the public that it shouldn't be shared it shouldn't be copied it shouldn't even be displayed according to their precious statutes welcome uh press NH now go ahead hey how you doing welcome sir what's on your mind
4: um not much I uh, overheard you talking earlier I was a little busy um but yeah I would, I'd like to chime in on a little bit uh what you're speaking of please. Um, it, it's frivolous. The prosecution's frivolous. Um, it, it's malicious. It's, um, it, it's way out of character, you know, it, it's just, uh, I think
1: it's totally within character. This is completely well, what, what I would expect it, yeah, from them.
4: I'm sorry. That's what I meant. It, it's within <laughs> character, especially with, you know, the, the court system, um, which yeah. I don't trust at all. Um, you know, I got, I guess, somewhat lucky over in Charlestown, as I know you were speaking of also, which I also have a additional charge on over here in Hillsborough, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not afraid to fight that, just like I did in Charlestown. Um, it's, uh, you know, I have court uh, coming up. They just, uh, they gave—they want to file a restraining order now for these body cams um, that I've produced to the public, which is um, Should be your right
1: to do, as Jay was pointing cool. out here tonight, it is taxpayer money that is paying for these body cameras but they're trying to say we aren't allowed to see the cameras we're not allowed or the it's footage it's my evidence It's my evidence. Right. i can do what i want with it you would think you know now, i'm curious yeah, well, when you when they gave you the discovery you apparently had to log into some website or whatever in order yeah. to download these files did yep. it say something like Thou shalt not distribute these files. Did you have to sign some sort of agreement or something like that? No,
4: nothing, nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad you asked that because I was actually double-checking myself after I got the restraining order notice. Um, There's nothing stating that uh, it can't copy, download, edit, Mm -hmm. uh, share, publish, anything. Um, You know, I mean, it's all right. Uh, What what my big question is, is where's the transparency? What are they so afraid of? Why do they need a restraining order? Who are they protecting?
1: Right. Right. You know, um,
0: it's the same exact thing with these politicians who want to take your guns away. The reason they want to take them away is because they want to implement such tyrannical stuff that it'll (laughs) that people will need to use their guns to, you know, defend themselves against these against this tyranny. So it's uh, they do not want transparency. And, no. uh, you know, all the stuff they're referencing, I don't know if you've listened to what I said before, but, you know, that applies to they, them, and those. That applies to the public servants. Yeah. That applies to, yep. you know, the state the state employees. That applies to the state. That doesn't apply yep. to living, breathing men.
4: Yeah, and, and uh, so in the restraining order, it, it, it quotes the body cam footage um, statute, and it applies to law enforcement. Um, you know, I've asked several questions. I've looked into... Detail. Um, and, and to be quite honest, what's even funnier is that even if the order is granted for the restraining order that I have ordered to take these videos down, they're shared by three, four, five different <laughs> other channels on YouTube already, anyway. Mm-hmm. I hope so they're on What like- are they going to do? LBRY
0: shooting stuff are they? are they
4: gonna tell them in order them to court to, to file a restraining order on them to take the videos down because they're already shared great it's question.
1: I don't it's imagine they're going to be able to extradite people from other states because I, I suspect no. these other channels they're not located in New Hampshire they're nope they're not yeah. nope.
4: one's in Canada another one is uh, across uh, on the western border. There's a couple different channels that have shared my video with the body cam. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, uh, that's another defense, you know, I have uh, for this objection I'm writing up. uh, I'm ready for them. This is um, insane.
1: Uh, It is. You know, you see these body cameras being released by departments all over the place in certain incidents. And of course, the mainstream media runs with these, they put put them online. We were just talking about this guy down in, uh, down south. I forget which state it was, but this band director uh, who was, uh, it was Alabama. It was Birmingham, Alabama. It was at a high school. The police. Dis- I just did that. Yeah, the, the police uh, targeted this guy. They finished up a high school football game. This guy's directing the band. It was the the band. band. 18 minutes after the the game had ended, the police are going through the stadium trying to force people to leave. They order this guy to stop playing, stop the band from playing its final song. He's like, "They're on their last song. We got one minute left. What's the big deal here? Leave me alone!" And the cops tase him three times uh, as they're arresting him. This cop is telling you to get out of the car and you're like, wait a minute, here, let me give you my ID. You can run this yep. thing and it'll show you that there's no restraining order in place. And he just didn't yep. care about that.
4: No. And I was trying to, I was actually trying to uh, resist them from charging me with a possible disobeying of police officers, because I know the law. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, if you don't provide your identification or registration, um, you can be arrested for disobeying. And that's not an easy charge to get away with, uh, especially when you're pulled over with a possible violation, um, you know. But they to go back a little bit. They are what they're supposed to do with procedure, uh, which they actually they they're actually failing to give me in discovery is policies and procedures, um, which I'm I'm putting an objection into that uh, in a motion um, to have the court order the judge to give me those documents because mm-hmm. I believe that in there is my evidence um you know that that they didn't proceed with and one of those what you mean by that is
1: let me follow make sure i'm following you here you're saying that they have certain things they're supposed to do they their police procedures yeah should include that if it's alleged that there's a restraining order against somebody that they should actually Mm -hmm. look at it first and see if that's true is that right
4: well so the the big problem here is is that when when they run a plate and uh the first thing that comes up if there is a protection order in place at all, if there ever was one, uh, there are still conditions. Um, it, just one of those conditions is, is not a no-contact order has been removed. Um, they don't see that. They see the initial order, that there is one in place with the descriptors of both parties. Mm-hmm. And the, the name came back as both parties. And with a female in the vehicle, they pulled me over. But what they're supposed to do with procedure is do what's called a fax back. And a fax back is they, uh, they, they fax a number to get the actual order. the updated order from the, either the courts or the state police and CIC. Mm-hmm. And then they get it back within minutes, maybe a couple minutes. They have a fax machine in the vehicle or at dispatch, and they read off the order and they say, look, it's not active. You're on your way. And they didn't do that. They stripped me out of my vehicle. They put me in cuffs. They arrested me for disobeying. Well, they must have
1: done it at some point, right? Because they ended they up not it. charging you with the charge of violating the restraining order.
4: Uh, I knew. It, I knew I wasn't going to get charged with it because mm-hmm. I knew for a fact that it wasn't in place. Right. Um, I was just waiting for them to confirm that, which they should have done on the side of the road. They instead arrested me for disobeying, and then later on during my um, booking. Um they, they finally got the facts back, um, mm. which was over an hour later. Wow. And they never charged me with it. And then a week later, they charged me with uh, resisting detention. Um, and I think the real reason why— they this got is a misdemeanor, course, by
1: the way, resisting detention? It is, yeah. Is it a Class yeah. A misdemeanor or Class uh, B? Do you know?
4: I think it's—I'm I'm not 100%. I don't want to mm. misquote it. Um, not a hundred percent right now. Okay. Um, okay. I, I haven't looked. The, the reason paperwork. I
1: ask for our listeners, they may not understand the difference in New Hampshire. <laughs> if you get charged with a Class A misdemeanor, it, you face up yeah. to a year in jail, and therefore you can have a jury trial if you yep. so decide. In fact, Jay Noon is going through that procedure now, where he and his wife Thank went you. to a bench trial. They lost at the bench trial, and they get to do what they call a de novo appeal, or a from-the-beginning appeal, where basically the judge issues the sentence, and then it immediately gets kicked up to superior court, and it starts all mm. over again, uh, actually with different prosecutors, as I understand it. This uh, yes. next time for you, Jay, it's going to be the county Correct. prosecuting you instead of huh. the, uh, the whoever the hell it was the first the time. City. The city. So that may be an option for you if they end up charging you Class A. Of course, a lot of the times they'll charge Class A initially, and then they'll reduce it to a Class B once they realize you're going to go to trial and they don't want to give you a jury.
0: Another thing, too, is these affidavits need to be sent to state legislatures. Now, in New Hampshire, we have a whole bunch of friendly state legislatures. Mm -hmm. And I will – not on the air, but I will give you a list of state legislatures who send these affidavits to – and the state legislature, there's many people in the state legislature right now that are going, so there's going to be a, a committee brought against to investigate DCYF and DCYF social workers for for their crimes and what they have done. Uh, there's also going to be committees brought against uh, the uh, state police having to do with the New Hampshire Noble 9 for, for uh, arresting all of those guys. There's from these be-
4: affidavits? Uh,
0: because you are going to order the legislator the legislative officer directly you are going to say yeah. um you know officer jane Doe, a legislative uh, legislator jane doe um uh the woman for example i uh, i am writing you to uh basically order you to demand that you investigate this you you correct this wrong. You strip the power from these people. Well, some because, of them
1: may do it because they want to, but I yes. don't think that they're mm-hmm. going to they care about what people... I, mean, I don't some think they're obligated.
0: The, they are obligated. When you send uh, them... Th- read this affidavit I sent you. All right. Let's I hook will. up later at a later time. Yeah, take this and, off, off the air. Yeah. I, I
1: know he's going to be at uh, Hillsborough <laughs> District Court 11 a.m. on Monday to face That's this correct. particular restraining order or this so-called protective order that the police want. Now, the judge has not issued a preliminary injunction, correct? There's not anything that's that's going right now on this, right? Just a court date. That's yeah. it. Okay, so they just sure. did an expedited court date. This would be a great time for supporters to come out. Uh, I don't know. You're probably working, Jay, but if you can be there, it might be cool to... Uh, to I, I, I would
0: like to try to go. I have to go to that court for another reason anyway, so okay, this might perfect. be a, uh, a good opportunity Well, well yeah, to and that. I
1: know that uh, Press, you are going to have an event at that court next week anyway for a recording video in the court, which is oh, something... On October 3rd, ...which you've been doing. Yeah, I'm trying to... Uh, so now you got another. Uh, now you got another court date there. All of a sudden, uh,
0: a, a little more for you, uh, press NH. Um, yes. So instead of phone calls, phone calls are easy, and emails. When these guys start getting certified mail affidavits demanding that they do something, because especially the legislature, the state yep. legislature, and there are people within the state legislature willing to take action. They're willing to form committees because. Uh, we have a lot of libertarians and freedom fighters within the New Hampshire state legislature because of the Free State Project and the Shire Society, and you awesome things we have going on here. But when yep. they start getting affidavits and they are not um you know responding to these affidavits, they are not responding to the people they are not doing the will of the people. It is not the will of the people for police officers and tax dollars to be used to deny you your rights, to, to injure you. Mm. Uh, and, you know, this just keeps happening again and again and again. And what you will start seeing, you will start seeing police officers resign, uh, w- w- you know, with this kind of activity. An affidavit takes energy. You have to, it, it's going to take someone uh, like three hours of their life to totally get it, write down an affidavit, you know, go to the post office. you know, edit it, check it, you get know, it get it part. up, you know, author it. Uh, and, um, and that means it's
1: probably not going to happen a whole lot. Because so Yeah,
0: so a lot of people aren't going to do it. But yeah. uh, if the, but if you make it simple and easy and create a boilerplate, kind of like the one I just uh, sent you, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the affidavits are extremely powerful. So this you know, what, there affi- should be
1: probably, Jay, and you know, I don't know if you know the right people. You might know some people who could help you with this. Maybe there could be a website you know nh affidavits or whatever something like that where well, you there, could
0: there there is a website i sent him it's not specific to nh but we, myself and a few other people have been talking the last few days about basically doing exactly that right, uh, right. A, a template set up a, you know a, that's a, what people a need, right? is they need
1: yeah they yep. need something straightforward to help them with this david hathaway the sheriff in arizona santa cruz county right on the border there in arizona welcome uh sheriff hathaway
5: yeah, good evening, uh, Jay. Good evening, Ian. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit tonight about jury selection and jury pools. And I just finished today listening to Ernie Hancock's interview of you, Ian. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, part of the process uh, during that interview, he discussed uh, the process of the jury selection in your case. And then there was a caller tonight also talking about jury nullification and jury selection. And, you know, one of the the problems of why you get a, you know, jury pools that don't have the anarchist type, the voluntarist type mm-hmm. is because they go to the voter registration list to get their, uh, their potential, you know, uh, jury selectees. Right. And so, you know, within that list, you have a, a lot of principled anarchists and voluntarists that will not register to vote because there's this fallacious, social contract, the idea of the mm-hmm. social contract that, you know, you select those that govern you through the democratic voting process, but then you have a reciprocal obligation to mm-hmm. judge your peers in a court, you know, being part of a jury. So that's why mm-hmm. out here, both in the in the uh, state and in the federal courts, they use the voter registration. So it's kind of already a tainted pool. Mm-hmm. You already have status people and people who kind of buy off on that social contract idea, but there's also other people that will never register to vote, like I know a lot of, uh, uh, you know, Mennonites and uh, Mm. devout Mennonites and Amish, and there's other ones like uh, Jehovah's Witness that will refuse to vote or register to vote or participate in any government benefit program because they look at their religious beliefs like the Bible says, you should not serve two masters, you know, Mm -hmm. and you will wind up hating one and loving the other. So, they don't believe that they should submit to the government. So, they refuse to vote or to register to vote. So, there's people like that that don't believe that the state has a right to. To lord it over anybody, or right. to make decisions over anybody's life, and as a matter of fact, in the Bible, there's even a passage talking about, "Do not take your disputes to the state." That hmm. that's a shame if you can't decide these things amongst yourself, right. amongst the you know the Christians. Now, modern so-called Christians just ignore all this stuff. You know, they don't care that the Bible says. Um, you know, you can't serve two masters or to don't take your disputes to the state. Uh, they, they could care less about that. But, you know, so that's that's kind of the main thing I wanted to point out is that the jury pool in the first place is tainted. Yep. So even if you talk about tactics to get around the, the what do they call it, the voi, vo, 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 void wire deer. process, yep. void deer process, you know, and how you can get past that and you know so that they don't think that you're tainted by being a libertarian or something well more fundamentally than that a lot of principled people will not even register to vote That's they don't fact. believe in this social contract nonsense
1: now i think in some yeah. states yeah, correct me if i'm wrong on this but don't some states pull from driver's licenses in addition um, to... out
5: here they do the jury pool but it, but i that that could also be I mean, they, they do the the voter registration list, yeah. but that could also be the case.
1: I think some states do that. But even still, you still don't get people who don't have state IDs, which, of course, would be the most principled, like Jay Noon type people that don't ever, you know, yeah. never had a social security number, never asked for a permission slip from the state. Uh, you're absolutely right about that, David.
5: Yeah. And that's basically all I had to say. I'm looking forward to the trip next week to Keene. Me and my wife are coming out there. So right. we're looking forward to meeting some people and getting out there.